This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. Well, when most people in our world think of the Bible and they know little or nothing about the Bible, they picture the Bible as a book about people who walk around with folded hands and they walk in flowing robes and they're these overly spiritual people. And those are the people that are in the Bible. And it always shocks them for me or anyone else to say what I'm going to read to you right now by a woman by the name of Missy Butler, who's an author. And she writes this, do you think everyone in the Bible was holy and extra special? She says, think again. Noah was a drunk. Elijah was suicidal. Peter was a coward. Jacob was a deceiver. Samson was a womanizer. Moses had a self-esteem problem. David was both an adulterer and murderer. And the Samaritan woman was divorced many times, many times. And then the last one she mentions, Rahab, a woman that we read about today, was a prostitute. When you hear that read to you, it jars you into realizing that the Bible is about broken people. In fact, one illustrator uses the idea that we're all broken pottery, pieces of broken pottery. I never appreciated that story, and some of you have heard me tell this years ago. In Israel, you're allowed, if you're over there, to pick up what's called a surface find. What does that mean? You can't dig with a shovel. You can't use a backhoe and start digging for archaeological relics. But you can get on your hands and knees and you can go like this in the sand and work your hands and you can pick up pieces of pottery. And when Annie and I went there many years ago with a small group of people, I found many pieces of pottery. None of them looked alike. And I kept them in a cigar box, those pieces of pottery, for many years, decades. Had no idea what was in them. Literally had no idea until I took them to a professor of archaeology at Cincinnati Christian University and also a professor at UC of archaeology by the name of Dr. Reuben Bullard. And I took the box to him and I said, Dr. Bullard, what do these things mean? And he pulled out each one piece by piece. And he said, well, this is from the Byzantine Empire, Randy. Uh, this is from the time of David. This is the oldest piece of pottery you have. This is from the Roman era. And then he picked out a piece that I had no idea what it was. There was some carving on it. He said, Randy, this was the tail of a bird. And it probably was an idol that people had in their home that they prayed to. I had no idea what I had, but the man who was the expert on the pottery knew what everything was. What's my point? God's the expert in the broken pieces of your life. And he knows what everything means in your life, and he knows your history. He knows your track record. He knows my history and my track record. He knows your past, your present, and your future. And that's the one who said, I can do something with your past that you would never think of doing. I can redeem your past. I can redeem your sin. I can redeem your life. 
And that's what we're talking about today, a woman whose life was redeemed by the Lord. And the greatest discovery you're going to make today, this woman was a prostitute. She's a liar. She may have been a con artist. And she's listed in the Hall of Faith fame in Hebrews 11, which is amazing to me because of her faith in the living God. We'll continue this message from Joshua 2 tomorrow on CrossHope. That's crosshope.org. We're going to talk about the importance of just believing in God and what it means to your life and to your eternity as we look at the woman named Rahab in Joshua chapter 2. We're preaching this series called Successful in Whose Eyes? Mike Vogue will put up the signs around the building. That's the title of the series. Successful in whose eyes? You may be successful in your own eyes, and the Lord says you're a failure. You may be successful in the mind of a coach, or the mind of a teacher, or the mind of a co-worker, but the Lord says, no, you failed in the most important area of your life, your spiritual side. So let's read about this woman. We're going to break this down into sections, read a few verses and talk about it. Chapter 2 goes like this. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, remember he's in charge now, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. Why would these men go into the house of a prostitute? Good place to hide. Strangers coming and going, nobody thought a thing about it. So there was a strategy to that. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent his message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. What did she just do? She lied to a government authority. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, this is the most important sentence out of this chapter, so please listen to it. I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Listen to that again. I'm going to stop right here. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. This woman called Rahab is one of the most interesting characters in all of the Bible. And yet I have never met a woman named Rahab. Does anybody know? Have you ever met a woman named Rahab? 
Seriously, I mean, I'm, I'm not joking. I have never heard of anyone called Rahab. And yet people say, well, it's because she was a prostitute and she was a liar and she was a deceiver. She was. But she was also a person of faith. And I'm amazed at ministers who want to argue about her morals when they need to be talking about her faith in the Lord. They need to talk about the belief she came to because this was no small thing for her to say, the Lord, your God, is God. That's exactly what happened to her. She said, the Lord, your God, is God of heaven and earth. That covers it all. Acknowledge God as the God of heaven and earth. He's the God of, of everything. Well, all this week on Crossover, a message from Joshua 2 on the subject of a person named Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute, a harlot of the day. She probably was a liar and a good liar, an experienced liar and a con artist to boot. And yet she's held up three times in the New Testament as a person of faith and an example of faith in God, because she came to believe in the true God. Let's continue with this message about Rahab. I I love what John MacArthur says about, I rarely quote John MacArthur, even though I listen to John, like many of you from Panorama City, California. He says, Rahab's a fascinating woman to me. She had no spiritual advantages. She knew no Sabbath days. She had no scripture, no teacher. She lived in a vile pagan city. She had the heart of a prostitute. She was, though, in spite of all that, like some beautiful pearl lying within the rough, ugly shell somewhere in the weeds and rocks at the bottom of the sea. But God could see through all the debris to the true faith. And her true faith drew her to the truth of God and drew her to accept the warnings of God, to fear the judgment of God, to long to be spared by God's mercy. And her faith is seen in the most important statement that she made. I know that the Lord has given you the land, and I know that the Lord God is supreme. My point in telling you this is while we're focused, or many people are focused on the bad things that Rahab did, don't forget the big thing is she acknowledged God as God, and that's no small thing. You've got to come to the place in your life, if you haven't already, that you acknowledge that God is the God of heaven and earth, which means he's the God of everything. And then you have to acknowledge in a moment of honesty with yourself, which is no small thing again, that God is the God of my life. When you acknowledge as a man or woman or young person that God is the God of your life, things start happening in your life. Changes start happening. That's what happened to Rahab. She started to believe in the living God, and things happen in this famous story that's referenced three times in the New Testament, which I find intriguing. The message is that God judges sinners. He does. And Rahab's going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, just like you are, just like I am. But know that she was a person of faith, and the Lord understood that and accepted that. Frazier Gordon wrote this, some people would say she lied and you can't lie. He said, I don't know that whether things are so black and white. If you were transported back to World War II in Nazi Germany, would you conceal some Jewish people and lie to the authorities to protect them? It's a similar thing. I think war is very different. In wartime, espionage is vital. 
Look how many nations think that their enemy is going to attack such and such a beach where in fact it was somewhere else. This is actually deception by the invading troops. Of course, he's referring to D-Day, June 6, 1944. And then Frazier says this, which really made me think. He said, how many of you, when you go out to dinner with your family, leave a light on in the living room or in the family room? Isn't that deceptive to deceive the potential burglars that you're home? And people say, well, I guess, yeah, it is. It is a deceptive thing. And so all my point is, I'm not justifying lying and deception and all the things that are talked about in her life. I'm just saying, acknowledge the faith of a woman who came to believe in God was God. Well, this message from Joshua 2 about Rahab continues tomorrow on CrossHope. That's CrossHope.org. I love this story. Some of you have read the stuff of C.S. Lewis. George Sayer, S-A-Y-E-R, was a biography of C.S. Lewis. And he used to take walks with C.S. Lewis. And he said, Lewis was a great walker. Some of you know what that means. You love to walk. And C.S. Lewis loved to walk with his friend, George Sayer. One day when they were walking, a fox came exhausted and bedraggled out of the woods and ran by them trying to escape hunters behind him. Oh, poor thing, said Lewis. What shall we do when the hunters come up? I can already hear them coming. I know, I have an idea. He cupped his hands and shouted to the first riders that came up out of the woods. He went this way, and he pointed in the wrong direction, the opposite direction, and the whole group of hunters followed that misdirection that he gave. There followed a discussion with George Sayers when lying was justifiable, but he boasted delightfully, C.S. Lewis did, later to my wife, he said, George Sayer, that he saved the life of a poor fox and showed no trace of guilt. He said, I'm not so sure that that was a lie that passed muster. And then he ends, but what of it? I don't know what to say about it. And his point was this, we do things that, that are technically wrong, but yet who would question the great faith of C.S. Lewis, that great author who wrote Mere Christianity, just some great books about the Lord. When it's time to examine Rahab, you'll find a remarkable woman who demonstrates a remarkable faith, but God's forgiveness is more remarkable. Now, here's the real rub, which somebody pointed out. Some people have trouble with this because they have trouble with forgiveness. Some of you would never forgive Rahab, and you know it. You would never forgive a woman named Rahab for what you did because you wouldn't forgive perhaps somebody in your own family. You wouldn't forgive a brother or sister. You wouldn't forgive a parent. You wouldn't forgive a son or daughter. And we know the drill when it comes to forgiveness. Christian people have trouble with with forgiveness. Forgiveness is hard for even Christians to accept. We're not nearly so inclined to forgive as God is. Nor are we inclined to forgive sins that come again and again. But contrary to what a lot of people believe, God is a God full of forgiveness, full of grace, and full of mercy. God full of grace, full of forgiveness, and full of mercy. What does God forgive in your life? 
That may be the question today. What's God already forgiven in your life? Forget about future sin or sin today or tomorrow, but what has God already forgiven? I hope you understand the symbolism, the great symbolism of this passage. The two spies said, we will spare your family in the wall of the city of Jericho. Think about that. The wall of the city of Jericho. The wall of the city of Jericho. Do you get it? Remember when the walls came tumbling down? And so here's the point I want to make. She was in the most dangerous part of the city. but She was protected by the hand of God because of what she did for the spies. I find that intriguing. And the scarlet cord that was put out the window was put out there as a reminder of the promise of God. You don't have to be a biblical scholar to know what the red cord stands for, the blood of Christ. It was a pre-type of pointing to the cross that people who are covered by the blood of Christ are protected and they're forgiven of sin because of the blood of Christ. That's the message. And this message will conclude tomorrow on CrossHope. That's CrossHope.org. Maxie Dunham was a Methodist minister. He tells about a, a member of his congregation who used a phrase I've never heard before. Have you ever heard of the phrase, so-and-so was born with a silver spoon in his mouth? You know what that means, that everything was gone well. He had money. He had things because he was, you know, born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He had a church member who said, I was born with a rusty spoon in my mouth. Nothing went well for him. That's what he meant. I can't even picture putting a rusty spoon in my mouth. I don't know if you can but it was a graphic word picture for me, putting a rusty spoon in his mouth, meaning everything went poorly for him. And Maxie Dunham says this, Rahab teaches us about sin. She was a prostitute operating a house of ill fame at the wall of Jericho. We don't know anything about her birth or her upbringing, but we can rightly assume that they were troubled. One way or the other, Rahab went wrong, but she went tremendously right when she believed in God. Listen to that again. Her life was terribly wrong. She was born with a rusty spoon in her mouth, so to speak. But her life turned around because of the one she believed in. What's my point? What's that say to you? What's it say to me about the one we believe in? Tell me the one you believe in with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, and that's going to make a difference in your life. What's the message today? God is in the business of reaching unlikely people with the good news. And let's be honest, I, I wish I could do this publicly, but I can't. I know some of your story. I would never tell them in public. Never. You know what God has done in your life. And you know what He's done in your past, and you know what He's done with some things that happened 5 and 10 and 15 and 20 and 30 years ago, 40 years ago, the case may be. But God is a God of forgiveness, even when you're not and I'm not. Remember that. God is a God of forgiveness. He's a God of grace, and He's a God of mercy when we choose not to be. Rahab was a woman that we need to find out about and know, and not obsess over what she did wrong, but what she believed right. 
Not what she did wrong in her past, but what she believed right. Someday, you're going to stand before the living God. So am I. And I believe, I think I'm right from what Jesus said in the Gospel of John, what's going to matter. Did you believe in the one God the Father sent? Jesus. And it won't matter the moral codes we followed. It won't matter how business-like we were in dealing with people. It won't matter how gracious we were in dealing with other people. What will matter is, did you believe in the one the Father sent? His name is Jesus. That's why yesterday when I did a funeral for Norma White, some of you knew Norma, 88 years old, the greatest thing that I could say about her was that she believed in Jesus Christ. I have noticed through a minister friend of mine in Chattanooga, Tennessee, Ben Hayden said, Randy, you'll notice the longer the obituary, usually, not always, but the longer the obituary, the less is said about Jesus Christ. It's all about he did this. She belonged to this organization and he served this company and she served this company. And it's all about the accomplishments and all that matters in eternity. Your obituary is, he believed in my son. And she believed in my son. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries, Incorporated.